Hello everyone, so welcome to this week's episode and on this week's episode I've actually got a guest and it's a mate of mine called Callum Williams and he is a sports therapist but he specialises in injury rehab so I thought I'd get him on just so we can chew the fat and talk a little bit about injuries and now I've covered them before but he is an expert in his field and the only person that could get on to do this so I hope you're going to enjoy this and if you have got questions afterwards feel free to get in touch I've also put in the description of the podcast Callum's social so you can get in touch with them and know he is operating through lockdown um but yeah let's go on then and let's talk to Callum hi Callum you all right yeah not bad yourself yeah not bad thanks I had a busy morning then oh just kidding <laughs> <a> nightmare <laughs> I can't really relate to that as an off kid so so thanks for doing this today I appreciate it I wanted to obviously speak to you about this because you are an expert in this field and kind of I've done a podcast on injuries but I wanted this one to be a bit more in depth and obviously because that is your field as well as obviously you are the best person to speak to about this so I've got a few questions that I'm going to run through if you don't mind yeah far away yeah so um what do you find is like the mental impact from people getting injured like what is it you see the most um so in terms of mental impact because pain can be so multifactorial so there's different things that can affect pain yeah but then that goes head um that goes hand in hand with like how that affects people's mental health so basically mental like certain mental health um problems and stuff like that can really affect how pain is perceived in someone's body so just because someone's in pain doesn't necessarily mean that there's any damage um in the area that's that's hurting so most commonly it would probably be lower like lower back pain um but what we have to consider is the different the different avenues in or the different things in someone's life that that pain is affecting so it's not necessarily like they're in pain and then it's just, it's a bit annoying. It has a sort of like a domino effect on different things. And you basically get into this like circle of pain where obviously you acknowledge the pain at first, but then that pain, depending on what it's stopping you from doing. So if it's stopping you doing like your favorite exercises, if it's, you know, you go into an exercise class and you're having to stop all the time because you're doing exercises that you just can't keep up with the, the other people in the class that can then start to make you feel down and, you know, you start getting, feeling a bit more depressed or anxious about different things. You're wondering what other people are thinking of you, which then loops back around and actually makes the pain you're perceiving even worse. But then that can then translate not only from like the exercise, but how it's affecting you in work. So if you're sat down at your desk, so um, for example, and you are, having to stop working every couple of minutes to try and like move and just try and relieve yourself of some pain. How's that affecting your, your prospects of, you know, getting a promotion, getting a raise that you're thinking about asking for. Um, and you know, there's, there's that kind of work element, which again will then start to make you feel even more depressed, more anxious and things like that, which makes the pain even worse again. So you just get stuck in this big loop of what you, um, of what you're perceiving and how the pain's actually affecting you. 
it's not just like I said, it's it's not just like it's pain and it's a bit annoying. It has such a, a profound effect on our day to day living. And then going from that as well, is that if someone's feeling like I said, like more depressed and stuff because of the pain, the more likely to uh, like binge eat and eat junk food and stuff like that. So they may start get like gaining weight. They could um, lose it, be losing out on sleep, which again has a, a profound effect on everything um, if we're not sleeping properly. So, like I said, you get stuck in like this big vicious circle of basically trying to wonder what you need to be doing and um, how we're gonna go for like go forward and you know yeah. try and live our lives as best as we can. Because there's a massive connection, isn't there? Like a massive mind-body connection that we quite often don't like realize like what affects us emotionally can manifest physically yeah exactly there's we have there's a big connection between that and i think quite often we forget that don't we and we think that where the pain is that's where the area is that's affected yeah not always the case yeah and it's it's not even necessarily like just referred pain so obviously like you said then you can have pain that is manifesting in a particular area but that's not where the issue is. So one that I see quite common is actually people who have issues with like their forearms or their wrists and fingers and stuff like that, where like they're getting like pins and needles. But that issue is typically coming from like a neck issue. Mm. Um, and it's just basically like how neural pathways and work and stuff like that. It's a little bit complicated to get into that yeah. right now. Um, But... How the mind reacts to the body and stuff like that is like is paramount. And without understanding that, we're like you're not really going to be able to achieve much without understanding. Yeah. How you know, like like I said before, is how your mental state can actually affect how your body is perceiving pain and things like that like i said like, yeah because you're in pain doesn't necessarily mean that there's any damage to anything like that it can be um it can be that it could just be that you're feeling a bit down and then that's starting to make things just a little bit more hypersensitive is what we call it yeah it's like treating the body holistically isn't it and not just looking at like the one thing it's it's the body's more than like that one that one part and you've got to treat it i say holistically but i know you i think you know what i mean but treating the body as a whole and not just thinking oh they've got a sort of wrist so we'll deal with the wrist it's about looking at what else is going on in someone's life and not just that what that injury that they've come in with yeah exactly so it's it's like when when i talk to people and they're like oh my back was a bit sore so i went and got some like just a massage or something like that. And it's like, well, you'd like to think that someone's been through a, like a proper assessment to make sure that, yeah. you know, if the, if the issue is like a muscular issue, then obviously like a, a massage or something like that might actually help alleviate the pain. But if you've got all this stuff going on at home, so like say you're going through like wake up or anything like that, and, you know, you're starting to have different thoughts on things and you're starting to get more depressed, then that's something that can actually exacerbate that pain. And a massage isn't really going to touch that. It might help initially for, you know, a couple of days, but then the pain's going to keep coming back. And at the end of the day, as a healthcare professional, what we want to be doing is getting people out of the door and almost like not seeing them again. 
Yeah, which like sounds mad saying that, doesn't it? But we kind of don't want to see people again. No, exactly. Like I'll always make sure that I I give like so whenever I see somebody, I'll say to them, it's going to take probably this amount of time. I can't see it envisioning going that long, but we basically try and keep it as short as possible. So we try and get people back to where they want to be as as quickly as possible. But it's more about giving them the tools to go forward in life as well. Yeah. Where if there's no what we would call a mechanism of injury, so there's no like so someone hasn't like rolled their ankle or they've like sprained their ACL or anything like that, something that does require like a good period of rehabilitation and stuff. If if pain just starts coming on over time and you can't really think why, then you know there's there's a lot of different things. Like I said earlier, pain's multifactoral. Mm. So even things like past experiences with pain and stuff. Yeah, can really affect how you're perceiving the pain that you're feeling. Now, I've got a good story about uh, about that. Actually, is so when I was in my old my old gym, um, one of the personal trainers there was a paratrooper, and he'd been shot in Afghanistan, and uh, he'd also had a fair bit of shrapnel in his um, in his back and stuff like that. Basically, yeah. all on his right side. Anyway, one day he came in, uh, he pretty much crawled into into the clinic because he'd just been on a lap pull-down machine and like got out of it a bit awkwardly and he felt like a little click in his knee and he said the pain was excruciating, couldn't bend it, couldn't do anything. I tried to yeah. assess it but literally couldn't move it because it was so painful for him. And I, I, you know, It was one of them where I had to say, I can't tell you what I think is going on because I can't do anything with it at the minute. As I said, just go home and then just, see how it reacts over the next one or two days. Anyway, he bounces in the next day, absolutely fine. He's like, lad, my knee feels fine. And basically when I was talking to him about it and then I was kind of delving a bit more into his past experiences with the pain, and basically because he'd been shot in his thigh, it was kind of my hypothesis, if you want to call it that, that the pain that he'd experienced in the past because it was on his right knee as well, it's kind of like it's gone oh my God, this like nearly killed me last time this happened. Yeah. So it just makes it really hypersensitive, makes it really painful as a way of trying to protect itself. But then yeah. over like over the course of like hours, it'll start going, oh, actually, I don't think this pain's that bad. I, I don't think this, whatever's happened is that bad. So the pain yeah. starts easing off. It's really interesting and like- Because the- it's about treating cause and effect, isn't it? So you're treating- like the cause you get into the root problem you're not just treating like the symptoms and the the effect of of the problem it's getting to that root cause isn't it that is is what we need to do rather than just masking symptoms yeah so so like i mentioned is you know you can you can go for a massage for back pain and you know it, it might feel great for a couple of days a week or so but eventually if those underlying issues aren't addressed yeah then it it's just going to keep coming back yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I definitely think we've covered that question anyway, so hopefully people <laughs> get that one. So the next one is um, the misconceptions that people have between resting and carrying on with exercise when they're injured. So you'll get like, some people will say you should be resting, some people will say you should be exercising and, and the misconceptions about it, it can be quite confusing. I think years ago it used to be like, oh, you've got to stop doing everything and you've got to elevate and you've got to sit. And I think we've moved away from that now in the fact that there's, it's the movement and and keeping the joints mobile. But 
there's still a lot of like misconceptions about it, I think, about what people should be doing when they're injured. Some people do too much and just think everything's okay. And then some people will just stop and do nothing. I know it depends on the severity of the injury, but I suppose we're talking like quite like muscle strains and sprains and stuff like that. Like we're talking quite low level. Yeah. So, um, uh, what's going to say then? I think it depends on who you who you're speaking to and their yeah. experience with dealing with people, especially with MSK, like musculoskeletal issues and stuff like that. So, for example, if you go to the doctor, say for back pain and stuff like that, they might be able to have a little look, but they don't spend that long on, yeah, like on like pathology or anything like that around you know musculoskeletal injuries. But also with five, ten minutes max with you. And in that time, they've got to try and find out what's going on and give you the best course of treatment. Now, if they started saying to you, oh, yeah, so you just go carry on doing all this movement and stuff like that, do these exercises or whatever, and you should be okay. But then you don't have that contact time with that doctor, and then you go and do something and it messes up, then they're opening themselves up for like medical medical legal issues and stuff like that which yeah. is why a doctor would typically say just rest take these painkillers because at, at the end of the day they just want to keep you functioning in, exactly in yeah. some way but they need to protect themselves as well whereas if you came to see someone like myself or another physio who's going to spend like a lot of time with you and be able to guide you through the process and make sure that you know each day when you're doing things it's not getting worse so we're not doing the wrong things and stuff like that then you typically sit, start to see well you need to uh like you know you'll we'll tell them that they need to keep moving keep moving within a sort of what some people would call a painful arc so where it feels yeah. like it's it's uncomfortable but you can carry on doing it um and getting basically recognizing at the point of where it's like no this is getting painful now i need to stop and do something else with this now either so say if it was an exercise like lowering the weight or change the exercise completely depending on how it's feeling um but then you, you see it in not just it's not just doctors and stuff like that i have patients who come in and they're like i've been to see this this physio this chiro or anything like that and we've all got different ways of how we treat people but yeah. there's still for some reason a massive emphasis on passive treatments so sort of like spinal manipulation and, and massage and things like that which yeah granted that might actually it might help it might help some people but it's not going to help everyone because and it's not going to help when they walk away from the clinic is it because they've they not can't do that can they for themselves so they've got to have something that they can do actively rather than because they only see you for that amount of time. For the rest of the time, they've got to have something that they can do. Yeah, and you know it's it's all well and good, kind of like printing off some generic exercises and going, "Yeah, you go do them." Well, you know, and I'll see you in like three weeks or something like that. But yeah, like I said, not having that contact time with someone and being able to talk with them pretty much whenever you feel like you've got a question or anything like that, and then just going in for that passive treatment is almost doing people a disservice. And it's it's across all of all healthcare. So like, obviously myself as a sports therapist, there was a massive emphasis on like strength and conditioning and stuff like that. But there's still a lot that 
that would prefer to go down that that hands-on, that's all I'm doing kind of treatment. So like I had a client yeah. the other day who was saying that they've been to see like another physio and then they spent like an hour on the bed and I'm like, it's just not good. So like I typically will only spend 10 minutes in, in my clinic room um, with someone on the couch if I'm doing a little bit of um, hands-on treatment, but then you spend the, the other the rest of the hour in the gym, you know, lifting weights, doing and exploring them, yeah. your movements and what you can tolerate and building up that load tolerance so that that pain yeah. starts to decrease over the time because all the research at the minute is pointing towards like movement and strength training and stuff like that. Yeah. Basically paramount if you want to get better. It's like the hands-on treatment is kind of, um, what's the word they call it? It's almost like an accessory to that. That's what it's supposed to be used for. It's not meant to be used as a sole, a sole treatment. Yeah, it's what people expect, though, isn't it? And that's the misconception of when they come for a treatment. When when they come for an assessment like that, they just expect you to be hands on because it's either been their experience before or they think that's what they're paying for. They don't realize that they're paying for everything else. They think it's just the hands on, and that's going to solve yeah. it. A lot of people do think that they're going to be like treated and solved by you putting your hands on them yeah um you see that a lot with how can i word this <laughs> so like general <laughs> population who don't typically exercise so yeah, a lot yeah. of the people who i see in clinic they tend to be active people because it's kind of it's like my specialist area is getting like active people yeah. back to being able to do the exercise and stuff that they want to do but i do still see like a lot of gen pop people who who don't exercise, who don't do anything really. They sit at the desk all day, they go home and then they'll just sit and watch telly and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, they're the ones who I think when you start talking about, you know, training and different things like that, what do they do? Typically it's like, it almost puts them off. I'm not, I've, I've never been able to figure out why, but when, when they expect to come in and just have, hands-on treatments but then even trying to explain to them that that's not the best course of action for them and you are gonna have to put in the work to get better it's almost as if they're like i'd rather just go to the doctor and get some pain medication and just try and like get it's not people it's not what they want to hear is it they want you know what they want to hear in the head and you're not telling them that they want you they want you to just fix them by like putting your hands on them and it, it it's more than that isn't it but i think with as you said with gem pop like we understand that because that's our background, but they just they they're just coming for the treatment. So I think um they just think that that massage is gonna solve everything. Yeah, and it's um, you know, I've 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 turned people away and like I've said, look, look, I'm not the person for you to work with because that's what they expect, and I yeah. won't do that if I don't think it's right for them. There might be some therapists out yeah. there who who do think that that's right for them, and, and then by all means I'll I'll refer them to the to the people who I think. But um Yeah. Well, it leads in nicely to the next question was what you think the impact is on, you know, when you give, so the rehab work versus them not doing it. So you, you can give someone, you can treat them, you can give them all the tools in the world, but it's what they do when they leave the room, isn't it? Whether they're going to keep up with it because we, we can play our part, but they've got to play their part as well. They've got to do the work that, not the work, but you know what I mean, the stuff that we set them to to do at home, to whether it's rehab or prehab or whether it's just to maintain. Mm. Yeah, so... I, th- I think there's a massive difference. You can tell, 
even if they say they've done it, you can tell when they come in if they've done it or not. Yeah, if it's depending on who, who you're taking. If you're taking an elite level athlete, they're gonna do it. More than likely they're gonna do it. You know what I mean? But like you said, with like Jen yeah. Pop, especially when you get the people who they could be like, you know, they could be very busy. They could be like, you know, they might have kids, they might have to sort out the dinner because their partner's working late and, you know, all this. And there's a lot of social factors that come into it. But what our job is to, what our job is, is to basically prescribe exercises that one shouldn't take up too much of their time. Um, and, you know, is kind of within their preference yeah. and, you know, they've got the equipment to be doing it and they've got the time to put in for it. And, you know, if that means doing two 15-minute sessions in the day, one in the morning, one in the evening, or or they're able to do like a full hour session in the evening, then that's fine, yeah. you know, and you can prescribe that, but you have to tailor it for what that person's actually able to do. Yeah, of course. You know, if you start saying to someone who's, you know, got, like I said, got a, a young family and then there's all kinds of stuff going on as well, the last thing they want to be doing nine times out of 10 is getting home after work and then doing like a full hour worth of like rehab work. Cause for the most part, rehab work can be quite boring, especially in like the, be- the beginning yeah. stages. The only way to get- yeah. It's not an exciting. No, it usually it? gets better between like, you know, when you're about halfway through your, like a program or something like that. But um, yeah. it's just one of them where people are just like, I don't want to do it. Now you could talk about how, you know, that's, you know, a motivation issue and you need to kind of think like you know drive people to do it and try and sort like their mental state out for a point where like you know it's like no you yeah. need to be doing it i typically find what best is to try and find their like their deep why so why why is it that yeah. you want to become pain-free which is what i always try and do in the asset in their initial assessments i'll always find out what's the actual reason it's very rare that people come in just because they're in pain and it's annoying and they want to just get it better it's usually affecting them in some way and trying to find that and like you know almost like a bit aggressive but like ramming it down their throat and keep reminding them of why they're doing it typically you get yeah. a lot more complaints i think you've that. got to though yeah I think like it's the same with with like with that rehab, but it's the same in fitness as well. If someone hasn't got a why and they haven't got that, they haven't got an emotional connection to why they want to do something, then quite often it just goes by the by, doesn't it? And it's just like, oh well. Whereas for me, if I had an injury, my, my rehab would be like, which I always have, would be like, I need to do this because this is my job, and if I'm not recovering, then I can't do my job. So for me, it would be deep rooted in, is in like. That's my why, but it is that's as you. It, that's some people say you've got to have that connection, haven't you, to why you want to change yeah. or that's do whatever. It. There's a one of my favorite quotes from I think it's Victor Frankl is um, a man who has his why can bear any how. So basically, it doesn't matter yeah. like how if you know why you want to do something, like no matter the excuse, you will find a way to do it. So yeah. uh, you know. I always kind of we have systems set up in our in in practice to basically make sure that people are doing it with like our training system and whatnot, and making sure that people are staying accountable to actually doing it as well. But like I said, that having them be intrinsically motivated to do it is will always trump someone trying to um, 
just keep constantly reminding them of why they're doing stuff. They need to have that intrinsic motivation yeah. to get things done. Definitely. So when you, for me, my, so when we were talking about the non-athlete, we're talking about general population. I find that the most common injuries that I've seen are always related to around like lower back or shoulders or to do with the back. And it, it's probably due to like poor posture, poor core strength sometimes, but the way people are sitting, the sedentary, they're at a desk, they're not moving. I mean, it could be loads of other factors, but I've seen a lot of people coming in with, I find the most common I've seen is like lower back injuries. So do you find that is the case with you, with like general population for like the non-athlete? Yeah, I'll probably agree that low back pain's probably the most prevalent issue, especially in Western society anyway. Um, yeah. I'll probably disagree with the with it being to do with like um like posture or core strength and stuff like that there's actually quite a poor mm. correlation between um between back pain and posture and uh and core weakness so to speak um yeah. but like i said there's an awful lot of different things that contribute to pain for me i think yeah. it's more living a sedentary lifestyle is going to affect it more but then also you know, the effect of even like social media. So people are always saying, oh, like you've got neck pain because you're on your phone all the time. And it like it might be the case of it's not necessarily like you holding your head in the position for that long that's causing it. It could be you scrolling through and start to feel self-conscious and start to feel a little bit more depressed about what you're seeing and you're not happy yeah. with your own life. And then that's actually having an yeah. effect on the pain rather than you holding your head in. Um, in a specific position for a long period of time so like i said it's it's more likely to do with a sedentary lifestyle and not moving enough now there is a an opposite to that where people are overtraining. so if you are somebody who is training but then you say all of a sudden rapidly increase your your training load or whatever. So you say, say you, you usually run three miles and then you go, do you know what? I'm going to do a 15 mile today. And you start trying to do that constantly. Yeah. Then, you know, you, you are going to open yourself to some issues because your body can't hold, Definitely. can't withstand that amount of load. It's not trained enough to withstand that. You can get to that point, but trying to jump from, you know, from A to Z isn't going to work. You have to go through ABC. You have to do the baby steps in order to get to where you want to be. Otherwise, you're going to end up with all kinds of tendon problems and joint problems and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it is a common one. Um, as, as we were saying, sedentary lifestyles, people sitting at desks a lot as well because we all know that we don't... I know I'm terrible for it sometimes. I won't sit properly at my desk. You'll sometimes find me killed up on the couch with the laptop balancing mm. on my knee. But as you say, it is the scrolling, it is that. Because we, we, we can't, we are storing, I feel anyway, we store like emotional emotional trauma can can be stored and that can be going through, like as you said, social media or if something happened and the stress and, or we could have had a back pain when something stressful was going on. So then when that stressful things comes up again, the back pain mm -hmm. comes back. I, I, I see it like that sometimes, but I do think that that and sometimes like we were saying, you were saying before, with like wrists and hands, 
that can be another one as well. But I think the most common one I've seen yeah. is Bach. Low, Definitely low. is amongst non-athletes anyway. Yeah, I mean, even with even with some athletes, I've got I've got two, you know, professional MMA fighters at the minute who who have back issues. It's not like it's mm. like it's um, uncommon. It's just more like the mechanism or the onset is different. So yeah, with with sedentary gen pop people, you tend to find it's more oh I'm. Um, you know, it's just came on out of nowhere where you can speak to like one like one of the fighters who was like, Well, in November I did I tried a low kick and then because of the force that he put through yeah. that's when he felt his back kind of go into like a bit of a spasm and that like the business being from an actual impact that he can he can like yeah, exactly. to. And that, that, that's what can be confusing with, with some people is when the pain starts coming on out of nowhere. But then you start Yeah. There's a few Yeah, Delving there's deeper. a few there's yeah. a few terms that we would use so one's um catastrophizing so basically thinking that it's a hell of a lot worse than what it actually is um especially when they yeah. can you know you can go to a doctor who's then telling you you have to stop doing everything that you're doing um which i've actually got a good story about that as well which i'll share in a minute um but then there's different things that happen that affect your pain so kinesophobia is a massive one it's one that you see all the time so kinesophobia is basically like the fear of moving so because something's sore or painful they just don't want to move because they think they have to protect it that's still ingrained in society i don't know whether it's a um i was once told that actually like i've had loads of problems with my back and my hips and one physio i went to see was like actually like mentioned to me and i i kind of like knew not to take any notice but kind of just went on yeah and smiled but yeah I was told that I need to like give up my job and stop doing what I'm doing and because it's it's just just going to be nothing down for me when I hit 30 and stuff like that now for now me obviously I just like I just was like shut up but to to someone who like didn't have the know that like I had that that's like detrimental to say. Can that you to imagine someone? like the mental health impact that it, to the wrong person that that could have? That could I know without being, you know, trying not to be too dramatic, but that could potentially drive someone to having intrusive thoughts and things like that. You know, that could, uh, I know, and I'm 36 now and I'm still doing my job. Exa- so exactly, and that was a load of crap. What like, you so like the story that I had before was it's quite similar to what you were saying. Then actually, is that I had uh, a woman come into my old clinic who very active, she'd won the DW um, Fitbrit, I think twice. So she was like incredibly fit. And then she had a problem with a calf and then she got sent for an MRI on her back, which when she was telling me that, I was a bit like, I I couldn't see why that would be a thing. I don't know why you would have that done Um, because her symptoms didn't really call for it. And MRIs on your lower back are pretty much pointless anyway. That's a different topic, but... Mm. Um. Anyway, she had the MRI on her back, and they found like two bulging discs, and told her she had to stop lifting weights. She she stopped after stopped, you know, exercise and doing all this, and it was like a real release for her to exercise. So it affected them massively, and um, so she didn't do any lifting or anything for a while. And then she came to see me because I posted something about it, about how you need to keep moving and keep lifting and doing things like that. And that basically just because of this scan, they told her that she had to stop, which had nothing to do with the issue that she was having anyway. Um, 
So literally within the assessments, yeah. I just, I said, I, we went through the assessments and I was like, right, I don't think there's actually anything wrong with your back. So I went, let's go down. I went, what do you weigh? And she she told me how much she weighs. I went, right, put it on that bar. I don't want you to deadlift it now. She deadlifted it, fine. I went, how do you feel? She was like, fine. I went, all right, do another set. We did five sets at her body weight and she was like, I feel fine. I went, don't ever let somebody like tell you that you can't do something. You have to work around things. Granted, there are moments where at that point in time, you can't do something because it's either going to be more detrimental to you or or something. But yeah. at this point in her time, there was no reason why she couldn't do it. And then she messaged me not long ago, actually. She's, she's a PT in that now. And she's like made up because she even just, just had someone who'd believe that, you know, she could, she could achieve what yeah. she wanted to achieve and she can get better. It's scary though, isn't it? That like we are told these things and we are given this advice by people who we can put our trust in because they're seen as like medical professionals, but it's not their speciality, is it? Like a GP speciality isn't MSK. It's not like that's not their, that's not what they've trained for. They they're the GP, a general practitioner. And it or like, but it is scary that she got told that, and that could have just ended their like training. Oh, exactly, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who've experienced that. Same with me as well. It could have. No, plenty. I was told I shouldn't. Well, exactly, and anymore. you know, imagine it. What would you be doing? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If you have, if you can, crying in a corner, that, probably. I don't know. Getting poor healthcare or medical advice could drastically change the direction of the life that you want massively and i think it it makes people cautious to then when they come to the likes of you and i it makes people cautious to listen to what we're saying because they've been told so much bullshit basically off other Mm. people and it hasn't helped what we say then we've it's not like we have to convince them but we have to just be confident in our approach and, and give them the best service we can and show them that we can help them to overcome the crap that they've been told exactly and adding and adding blamed <clears throat> exactly. Them, and um, it does make me you know, sad. It's, it's been going on for years now. It's been going on even even before I was qualified to practice. You know, I always say to I always yeah. say to patients that you know if they came to see me and it was ten years ago from what the research was saying back then, you know, I'd still be doing posture assessments. I'd still be looking at you know things that don't really matter. I can't I couldn't tell you the last time I've prescribed anyone with a static stretch or have done a posture assessment or anything like that things that at the time seemed good but over time they start to get debunked and stuff which is you know it's the natural process of science it's something that it's, yeah so same yeah of course well. so it's like you know i think the biggest one at the minute's like nutrition nutrition science is without trying to offend people, but I've spoken to a few nutritionists who've, who've said themselves that nutrition science is a joke because you can't yeah, you you can't lock people in a room and force them to eat this specific diet that you want them to eat. Which means that they go away, they, yeah. and they like, you know, they just eat what they want. They try and stick to it, but then they'll have a few little mo- like lapse moments and stuff like that. And then the... Um, you know, then they do some generic survey, which hasn't really been like stringently tested or anything like that as well. So like the data's all over the place and that's why we get information sort of like eating eating tons of red meat is is like bad for us. Or the one that I was reading the other day actually is that is 
the link between cholesterol and cardiac disease and how actually there's been, I think it was five meta-analysis, which is the top level of, of scientific literature. And all of them said that there's never been any correlation between cholesterol and, and, and heart disease, which I found quite interesting and something I need to look into more. And by no way is that yeah. you know, advice for me. That's just something that I'm reading. At the minute. But, you know, yeah. there's, there's lots of different things and things are always changing. It's like... Science evolves, doesn't it? And it changes and new things come up and new research is Not done it. and nothing nothing's ever like set in stone in this like this kind no, of like health unfortunately industry. because it means that we have to keep reading and doing that with a lot of reading but yeah when you're it's day. quite disheartening <laughs> when you read something and you're like i used to treat people this way and now this this, this paper is telling me that we should be doing something different and yeah you, you almost feel like you've done a disservice to people but we did the yeah, best we yeah, did with the knowledge we knew at the time. And that's all we can say to ourselves because I've done stuff in fitness in the past and I think now and I'm like, why did I <laughs> used to say that? But it, you know what I mean? But it was the knowledge I had yeah. at the time. And I did the best I had with the with the, all the best intentions and it's just that things have changed. And, and as we grow as people as well, like when we're younger, I'm not saying we're more gullible, but when we're younger, there's... It's when we grow, when we get more experience, when we research more and when we start to delve in. I think that's when it opens yeah, your eyes I, more, I, doesn't it? I think the main thing I see in fitness at the minute to do with research is how um, a lot of people still spend a lot of time thinking about like technique of lifts and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, it's, it's important to some extent, but in terms of like it causing injuries and things like that, it's, you know, the evidence isn't there that that's what it does. So, like, say if you you yeah. can do a deadlift with a curved back, it's not really going to cause you many issues unless you lift a weight that's too heavy and your back can't support it. That can cause you problems. But, yeah. you know, an, a, a common exercise I prescribe people with back pain is called the Jefferson curl, which is essentially a curved back deadlift. And you do it, <laughs> I remember doing yeah, it in, yeah. um, in the old gym, which was a commercial gym. Yeah, people looking and they're like, "Oh my god, what's what's going on there?" And you see people getting anxious, looking at it. What is he doing? There's, you know, you can train your your back is there to bend. It's what it's designed to do. You have to allow it to do that. And then, you know, different things with like squats, not letting your knees go past your toes and stuff like that. When like you know walking upstairs, more often than not, your knees are going past your toes. It's something that you know our body is able to explore these different realms of movement and we have to be able to train in them. So I think there's a bit too much emphasis on yeah. technique. It's just like listening to your body, isn't it? It's just like connecting with your body and tuning into it and listening. We're all different. What I, what I, the way I'll train will be different to the way you'll train. doesn't mean that I'm wrong or you're right or you're wrong and I'm right, but we're di- we've yeah. got different bodies. I think that's the toxicity is within fitness and healthcare and all that as well. So like, you know, different profession bashing, which I know I haven't really, I did a little bit, but I wasn't really bashing them because there's, there's bad, there's bad practitioners in all areas of medicine and healthcare and that. But yeah, of course. in like, in fitness particularly, it's everyone's kind of got this persona of this is what I do and this is the way to go forward. And, you know, this is, this is the best thing that yeah. you want to do. Nutrition's the same. You know, you have to do this diet, otherwise you're going to implode or yeah. you're going to spontaneously combust or something mad. But, you know, you have to you have to experiment what's right for you. You know, for one person, 
you know, who wants to go on a vegan diet and does it properly, absolutely fine. I know for a fact I wouldn't I wouldn't bode well on on a vegan diet. I wouldn't. Like I like eggs <laughs> too much. So I, that's my big thing. She meant like eggs. just a nice thick red steak. <laughs> And it's just decided to go off the joys of modern technology. Uh, someone didn't like us ranting about stuff. <laughs> someone at Anchor listening in and going, Someone's oh, like, no, I don't like I'm this. a vegan. I'm going to turn them off. <laughs> so the last thing was, the last thing I was going to come on to is, have you got any, like, further advice that you'd, like, that you'd, is the one piece of advice or any further advice that you'd want to, like, give to people? Like, we're talking, like, general population, people who like to exercise, mm. really, but not, like, they're not like going to the Olympics. Yeah, just just look after yourself. Make sure you train. You know, for me, there's a bit of a difference between training and exercising. Yeah. You know, if you're training, you're training for something specific, like you said, like training for the Olympics, where you know you you want a very specific out, like specific goal, and typically it would be performance based. But yeah, you know, just general exercise and stuff like that. Just make sure you're on top of everything. Your nutrition's on point. You get eating enough protein, which is something yeah. I see not too often, is that people don't eat a good amount of protein yeah. for, the, for themselves and stuff like that. Make sure there's sleep. And then don't be don't be scared of pain. Mm. I think it would be the main one. That doesn't mean neglect it. That doesn't mean that if you are in pain, you just go, well, Callum said to just, you know, ignore it, it's fine kind of thing. Because, you know, there are MSK issues well, there are issues, like medical issues that can mask as MSK problems yes. and pain. Um, so you have to be, you know, you have to make sure that you are getting your pain looked at, but maybe consider going to like an MSK specialist first rather than jumping to your doctor. So let someone, for example, I'll plug myself there so you can come and see me. And yeah, like, you exactly. know, I'm, my competencies are, are within like, you know, identifying medical issues. Yeah. Um, that will need referral to a, to like a doctor or something to get yeah. further investigation with. But if you've got a pain in your shoulder and you're like, you know, we do an assessment and then there's things that I think is, you know, is is what's wrong, then obviously you can advise you on the best thing to to, exactly. to do with that. Well, that goes on nicely because now you can like just plug yourself. So let people know what your social medias are, how they can get in touch with you. Because I know you're still operating through lockdown, aren't you? The people. Um, so let people know how they can get in touch with you. I'll also put it in the description of the podcast so people can go straight to there. But yeah, just plug away. <laughs> so um, yeah, still operating out of out of Crew 42 Gym, just outside town uh, by Costco. Um, still operating right now for people who are in pain and stuff like that we're not doing like general massage so like recovery massage but you know if you are in in pain and you want it looked at then that is something that obviously we can do we can have a look at and if you want to get in touch different ways you can go to the website at cjperformancehealthcare.co.uk or you can find me most active on um on instagram so you can find me at callum james underscore st uh, and if you've got any questions, just fire, just just fire them over in a DM, and uh, I'll answer them like as quickly as I can. Even even if you don't need to come in for an assessment, you just want some advice, then I'll be more than happy to help people. Thank you very much. That is the reason why I got Callum on because he's obviously someone who I trust 
and who I would recommend. So yeah, that is exactly why I got him on. So guys, make sure you get over, drop a message, go and see him if you can. And yeah, Callum, I appreciate all your time today and all the valuable information. I'm sure everyone will find it really useful. No worries, Jen. Thanks for having me on. Enjoy the rest of your day. (laughs) (laughs) Have you got a busy day? Oh, um, yeah, I've got... Yeah, I've got a no I've got a number of patients today. Yeah. I'm gonna go train myself after this now and then. Um I'm working at the, the football club tonight. So yeah. a long day, but I love what I do, so it's exactly. not that much of a You're problem. The same as me. We love what we do, so it doesn't feel like work, does it? It's rewarding and yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're grateful that we can still do it. I am anyway through this lockdown and like grateful I can still operate at my business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel for people who who can't like yeah. I, I know a few people who are like struggling because one they're just get, not getting the help that they need and two they can't work and, yeah. like, oh. and you yeah. always feel if, not, don't feel guilty it's not my fault that like I'm allowed to practice and stuff like that but yeah you can still feel guilty though we're just human aren't we like yeah it's well, just not nice soon. I know it's not but I'll, I will let you go and um, thank you for your time today and yeah I'll put all your information in and people get in touch with them. Nice one, Dan. See you later. See you later. Bye.